What's going on, Patriots? Back with another edition of the Patriot Fair Podcast. It's been a while. I'm getting over about a bronchitis. So I do apologize. I've been slipping, and uh, I haven't stayed on top of this daily like I wanted to. You know, but obviously I stay in touch with my Patriots through all of our social media feeds, and um, that will never stop. But here we want to go and dig into... Uh, some of what's going on and uh, talking about um, the, the, the teen uh, assault on Chicago and what took place there and how the officials handle it. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's pretty bad when Lori Lightfoot looks like the better choice. You got to be a pretty bad mayor in order to make Lori Lightfoot look like the better option. And I bet you... At this point, uh, it's kind of hard to think that the people of Chicago are happy with their choice. We're going to talk about these food processing plants and um, why so many of them are going up in flames or, you know, there's some catastrophe or another. Um, I have a list, a long, a humongous list here of over 100, and this isn't even all of them. I mean, this, these pages are full of times and dates of food processing plants that have burned down. And so we looked at and saw how many of those um, may have been as a result of some nefarious ends. Um, something that, uh, you know, maybe the fire companies tend to think was arson and Believe it or not, it was quite a few. It was quite a few. We had, uh, I'm just going to list off some, okay? So we had a fire that destroyed a 75,000 square foot food processing plant, Fayetteville, on January 11th, 21. Uh, And on April 30th, 21, a fire started outside of Smithfield Food Park uh, processing plant in Mammoth, Illinois. Uh, July 25th, 21. Uh, three alarm fire at the Kellogg plant in Memphis. Um, it just goes seven uh, July 30, August 23rd, September 13th, uh, and then October 13th. It's 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 hard to believe, people. It, it, there's matter of fact, you know what? I, I I try to stay impartial and say it's hard to believe and all that kind of stuff, but I don't believe it. I don't, and, and neither do any of you. Um, the only thing we don't understand now is exactly um, who, how, and why. Uh, I think we kind of can hint at the why, but the who and, and all and the how, we, we don't know. And it, it, it's, it's, it's real easy. I mean, even in the absence of proof, even in the absence of proof, sometimes it's so overwhelming that there is no other explanation there is no other explanation so when you look at these lists and you look at a march 14th march 14th march 16th march 16th march 17th march 17th march 18th i mean and it just keeps going and it just keeps going and they're so close to one another i mean even the ones here on the seven and 17 if you just look kent delaware and cecil maryland right right next to each other, one day apart. Um, and, and then you got Indianapolis, 
Ohio, Arkansas, Wisconsin. Uh, I mean, this this is terrible. When when is the last time that anyone remembers on a, on a regular, right? Because I looked, I, I tried to look and I tried to find the statistics that told me prior to 2019, what rate we had catastrophes within food processing plants in the United States of America. And it was almost non-existent. There were a few, um, not many to speak of. There are two or three um, that I found within a year going back to 2016. And in 2017, approximately the same. But even the, even the catastrophes that I found then uh, were things that could be repaired or fixed. Um, things that may have shut a plant down for a day or, or, or caused them to do some, uh, some kind of tenant improvement. However, these things, what we're looking at right here, this is not that. And this, like I said, is not even the full list, but it is a comprehensive list that only, co that only covers everything for 21 and 22. And in 20, and it, and it comes out to 109 on this list. 109, people. 109. And if you take a look at the map of these food processing plants and, and, and how, you know, just from 21 to 22, you can see that it, it, is, it, is, it is a major problem. It's a major problem, right? When you look at the anomalies of catastrophes within the United States that we see happening, if it doesn't make you scratch your head, I mean, you're, you're, just, you're just living in some kind of alternate world that nobody else is in. Because we never heard of train derailments on a consistent basis. On a consistent basis. And do you think the people in your government are dumb? Do you think the people that work for these cleanup companies that, that come in in hazmat suits and, 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 and clean up these environmental disasters are dumb? No, they're trained. They are trained and trained and certified and recertified every few years. These people are not close to stupid. So when you, when you read things and you see things happening that contradict what professionals in that field would do, that, that seem to be something that's a little more deliberate, it makes you stand up and, and, at attention and, and really have to do a, do a deeper dive and, and tear into uh, some of that, right? And, and let's just take a look at some of it and see exactly what, I'll explain what I'm talking about. We have a litany of anomalies. We have a 150-car train that was 1.76 miles long, and 10 of the 38 cars derailed had hazardous materials inside the cars, including the vinyl chloride. A decision was made to cut a hole in each of the suspect cars and allow the contents to flow into a pit, which was then lit on fire. Stop. This, this chemical, vinyl chloride. Now, I've talked to people who were trained that hazardous material removal and waste removal in the military. Um, and I've read and I've done my own research online. This particular material, the one or two things they tell you about it, don't get it wet. 
And, and also do not, under any circumstances, do you set it on fire. Because if you do, then it becomes lethal. Then it becomes poisonous in the air. So back to what I was saying. The people in your government are not stupid. Don't even think for a second. They just did this because they're dumb. They just did this because they didn't know any better. That, that's not true at all. It's not true at all. And so, and, and I can prove it. And I can prove it's not true. And I can prove exactly what the regulations are and how you're supposed to deal with these types of chemical spills, with, these, with, with this hazardous, hazardous waste that they're dealing with, right? So the toxic mixture of chemicals and carcinogens release could spread many miles from the crash site, experts say. The chemicals, including vinyl chloride, uh, and excuse my pronunciation, but uh, butyl acetylate, is it? Acrylate. And ethotexanol, acrylate, ethylene glycol, monobutol, including the Environmental Protection Agency, were being carried aboard uh, the train when it, when it derailed. So you have all of these chemicals, all of these chemicals, and also all these chemicals registered with the EPA, who then, the, the EPA, keep in mind, sets the rules for how uh, hazardous material waste is dealt with, right? So they, they registered these chemicals with the EPA, put them on this train, which ended up derailing. Now, they were being carried aboard the train when it derailed, and a large fire, and, and a large fire sent up a plume of black smoke. When vinyl chloride reacts, uh, when vinyl chloride reacts to form phosgene gas, and that's what it's called when it's set on fire. It's called phosgene. And this is the this is the main reason they tell us do not set this particular material on fire. Don't do it. So the phosgene gas, which was used as a chemical weapon in World War One. They're not stupid, people. They're not stupid. This was not done out of ignorance. <laughs> How far could the phosgene cloud spread? Well, according to researchers this cited in a Newsweek article, it depends very much on the weather conditions, but potentially well over a 100-mile radius. The vinyl chloride becomes phosgene gas when the chemical is burned. Why was the decision made to dump the chemical and burn the chemicals? So we had journalists asking this very question. You didn't see it on CNN. Unfortunately, you didn't see it on Fox either. A lot of these people are not talking about these situations. They're not talking about them in, in the form, uh, in, in the way that you would, you would suspect that, let's say, an investigative journalist would go at a big story. Matter of fact, most big stories get ignored today. Most of the things that um, your old Walter Cronkite types and that that would, you know, uh, not particularly that wouldn't pander to a particular party or agenda, who were real journalists, you know, they would go out and they would have investigative journalists go and find, uh, go on a fact-finding mission and report what they find, impartially. N doesn't matter. Uh, who who the blame is, the truth dictates the story. We don't find that anymore. We don't have that anymore. 
So it says here that it could spread over 100 mile radius. And the decision was made to breach the dump and burn the total body of its contents. So they dumped this stuff. They drilled holes in the cart of the train. They let it drain out. And they and they immediately went to setting it on fire. Now the people who did the deed are sick. <laughs> the people who burned it are, are, are sick. Animals, pets, fish, because they got it. It went into the river as well. You know, it, it it extended quite a bit and caused quite a bit of damage. And I'm sure, still causing quite a bit of damage. Now, what you need to know in the backstory here is that there there's there's another um, uh, a podcast by the name of Squirrel Tribe. Right. I happened upon this in doing my research. And um, she laid out quite an interesting story in her podcast. So and before I get to that, let's kind of finish here what, what, I, what I started. Now, keep in mind, I said, these people aren't ignorant. They know exactly what they're doing. They're very smart. They've been trained on this stuff. They know better than you or I what will happen when certain chemicals are put in water, and when they're set on fire. So, there has never been a dump and burn in railroad history. Never happened before. Fun fact. Even in the decade prior to its banned, uh, to its being banned in the 1980 regulations, there is always a dump, there is always a dump and remove, or a, a decant for tankers and remove the spills happen every two weeks and the burn part is an unprecedented it's rarely it's I wouldn't even say rarely but it never happens it never ever happens this is this is an automatic no-go for these people like you don't you don't set this stuff on fire and not only do you not set this stuff on fire what they're stating here is that it's never happened before in history so why Eastern Palestine? Why why is it why is it happening or occurring for the first time in U.S. history in East Palestine? That's what we're getting at. That's exactly what we're getting at. And I think when we get there, I don't think you'll be too surprised by the answer that I give you. Now, in 2022, the EPA guidance, which says how to interpret the laws and regulations, repeats the ban on a dump and burn, except only after careful consideration when there is absolutely no other alternative, which has never happened in civilian society. It happens in the military. This is why um, we heard about this. Why? Well, well, I heard about this earlier. There are people um, that are trained on exactly uh, what happens when they burn this in the military and know that it turns into phosphine. I happen to know one of them quite good, personally. And he explained to me quite a bit about why you don't burn this stuff. And after he said what he said, I went and looked, and he was 100% on the money. So uh, fully enclosed hazmat tanker truck driver recovery options. The entire routine procedure, there are damaged tanker cars, was initiated the night of Friday, February 3rd, and then called off within 24 hours. On Friday night or Saturday night, who called it off? And why did they call it off? 
Fire lines pulled from keep uh, fire lines pulled from keeping tankers cool. No samples of the soot wipe samples from the inside of the cars uh, were done, and they were missing crucial data. They were missing crucial data. I mean, based on based on when you when you make decisions that impact the livelihood and the lives of civilians, you better be damn sure that you're making the right call. Not only should you be damn sure you're making the right call, but you better have the data to back up the call that you're making, instead of making it look like you're some doing making some impromptu decision uh, that is half informed, and you end up killing a bunch of wildlife and and getting a bunch of people sick, you killed a bunch of their pets, which are family members, and. Um, and done untold damage. But best is yet to come. Because when you hear why, why they did what they did, I think you're going to be as shocked as I was. The analysis of the samples from the PTRMS lab, a high-end mobile chemistry lab, are bogged and logged and bogged down at Carnegie Mellon and in custody of the research professor, Albert Presto, who is not releasing them. Now, here, here's another example of poor government oversight and a lack of transparency. When you have the mayor of a town requesting to know what the hell is going on and calling people out and saying, we need help. And then you have, here's the guy that has the answers that they need. And yet he, he, he refuses to give it to him, even though he's looking at it. Somebody in a position much higher than him, most likely, is telling him not to tell him what's going on. What, what, show him the test. Why, why would anyone in their right mind say no? Why would anyone in their right mind not tell you what you may be getting sick from so the doctors in that area know how to treat it? Why would such data be kept quiet? And then they want to know why we sound like conspiracy theorists. It's when you have no, uh, uh, when, when you're not, when you have no transparency and no communication. I mean, couple this together with everything, guys. I mean, let's just go down the list. Look at what they did happen in Chicago with the kids, and then look at look at the officials, the senator and the mayor taking up for it. Look at how they don't prosecute crime in California, New York in another Democrat-ran city. Look at how Antifa was allowed to burn down the police training facility in Georgia. Still haven't heard of anyone being held accountable for any of that. No one's gotten locked up. No names have been released. No one's been perp-walked. There's no big trial. There's no. I mean, we have citizens that attack the government facility, and no one's in jail. Seems like somebody's asleep at the wheel. Or someone doesn't know. Someone doesn't care. Right? There's no way this is an inten- this is intentional. People remember. Remember, remember during Iraq, we were looking for Saddam Hussein. Now, we're looking for one man in in the body of an entire country, and we find him hiding in a hole. We have the finest military there is. 
with the finest technology in the world. People, if we wanted to know who did these things, we would know. And they do know. There's no one on the face of this earth that can convince me they don't know. Somebody laid a pipe bomb on January 6th, two of them, to the best of my knowledge. And yet they still haven't caught the person who did it. But he's on camera, guaranteed. I guarantee he's on camera. I see him leaving the scene. And I bet you if they go to another camera, they'll see whatever car he got into. No one's been arrested. No name's been released. Come on, people. You know, we're not dumb. We're not dumb. And, and I hope, I hope, I hope to God, I know my audience isn't dumb. We're, we're this is, this is, and I'm going to say it, this looks 100% intentional. One or two things apply here. It's either intentional, as if it's, it's being, the, the shots, it looks like the shots are being called somewhere, or or you're just as guilty because you know it and you see it coming and you do nothing about it to allow the chaos to ensue. In which case, that to me is still intentional. You know, we, we live in the greatest country in the face of the earth. And when people lose faith in the justice system, when people lose faith in their law enforcement agencies, bad things happen. Because once they realize they can't rely on the police and the FBI and whoever else to protect them, they realize that they're in it alone. They have no option but to protect themselves because the system fails people that are attacked by looters and rioters. Their businesses are attacked. Their employees are hurt. People are carjacked. Homes are set on fire. People are beaten for no good reason. And then the officials that you elected to protect you and uphold the law treat the criminals like victims. It's sad. It's sad. And you know what's even sadder than that? And I'm going to say it. It's the people in those areas who vote for them because they feel like this is what should happen. They have a resentment and a hatred for the country. So when they hear people talk about upholding the law and enforcing the law, they, they don't care. They do not care. They think whatever happens, whatever happens to whomever gets hurt or whoever gets stolen from or whoever, they think, oh, well, my life's been bad for this long, who cares about them? And I'm talking about a certain class of people. And then you have the people who do care, whose movements are hijacked by people like Antifa, by people like BLM. On the other side of the coin, you have peaceful people within those movements, not in Antifa. <laughs> Don't, don't, by no stretch of the imagination do I ever think that. But there are people that are in the BLM movement who genuinely believe that they're just fighting for the betterment 
of society. By fully not understanding exactly who it is they're standing with or what it is they're standing for. Because right and wrong doesn't have a color. It doesn't. Right and wrong are right and wrong. If we were all blind, it wouldn't matter. And when you look at these movements and you see these groups that attach themselves to these movements, and you see, you know, in, in predominantly black areas where stores of small to mid-sized businesses who are ran by people in the community who owned and run those businesses in that community that are from that community see their life's work going up in flames because some people that jumped into a protest who saw the opportunity to piggyback on that movement used it to come in and destroy the the communities of people they didn't even live in those communities there's people in chicago that were standing there telling you these people don't live here they're burning down our stores they're destroying our property they're stealing and they're not even from here and then when you see the officials that just they don't care they don't give a damn they don't they think they think this uh rehabilitation and going at these people as if uh, you know just being nice will make them stop oh please please stop don't don't burn anything else down we understand you know <laughs> you know all you got to do if you, if you want to know whether or not democratic policies work whether or not the left has something right look in the areas that they govern take a look in the areas they govern and you tell me if it works right they want to get rid of guns well if democrats stop shooting people gun violence would go down by 95 <laughs> percent it's very it's very simple stop shooting people it's not going to get easier if people stop wanting to tell the truth because they're afraid of ruffling some feathers or hurting somebody's feelings it's not about that. It's about stopping the violence. It's about stopping the crime. It's about enforcing the law. That's what matters. Not your feelings. Not how hard your life is or has been. We all have those stories. Every single one of us have those stories. And some of us worse than others. I have them. I mean, I, I came from nothing. And people say that all the time, but literally, you know, I came from a small neighborhood in Baltimore City. We grew up dirt poor. And I needed the sense knocked into me growing up and got in quite a bit of trouble. Matter of fact, ended up uh, doing consecutive prison sentences. Before I woke up and I realized, you know what? It's time to stop being a dumbass. It's time to stop making excuses. It's time to start telling the truth. And it's time to start being a man. Nobody's responsible for me but me. And no one's responsible for you but you. So no one owes you anything. Let's start there. Nobody owes you a damn thing. And 
whether or not you succeed or fail in this life, that's completely in your court. That's up to you. It's completely up to you. You have this one life, and you can go through it trying to find, get, just get on, the, get on the other side of any task so you can constantly just run to sit on that couch, run to that bedroom, flip the lights out, and turn the TV on and forget the world exists. Or you can push through and you can work. You can go to school. You can get some degrees, some certifications. And you can build your life. It's up to you. Everything that you get or do not get, achieve or do not achieve in this life is your fault. Your fault or your achievement. No one did it for you. No one took it from you. No one blocks your advancement. Nobody. Nobody. Because if you don't succeed at this company, there's another one. There's a way. It's not going to be easy. You're going to want to quit a million times right before you have your breakthrough. And then you're going to get it. And when you do, that sense, <laughs> that sense of accomplishment is better than any drug in the world. Because you're going to look back and see what you achieved. And you're going to be able to say, I did it without any help. I was my motivation. And you can look yourself in the mirror or at the end of your life, you can look back on your life and have no regrets. You can, you can look back and be proud of yourself. You can leave this world knowing that you left it a better place than you found it for your children and for future generations. Or you can sit here and play the militant role and complain that the man kept you from everything and he owes you something and, and, and take that route and waste your life because it's not going to get you anywhere. You're just going to complain the rest of your life, maybe become part of some organization that kind of tries to profit off of that kind of stuff, like BLM. You know, and, and then look at, look at what they did with their profits. Look at what they did. Did they, did they pour it back into the community and help those people in Chicago rebuild their stores? No, they didn't. They bought big million-dollar mansions for them and their families and moved away from their people. Now, it's not a blanket statement. I have heard um, funeral expenses and things like that being paid by certain groups within it uh, in New York, to be fair. But the three individuals that started that, the women, sat on, in an interview and said plain English, we are Marxists. We are trained Marxists. And this is what we came to do. We're going to destabilize the family and, and the whole Marxist agenda. And they laid it out. This is what we believe. So peace is not part of that scenario. Prosperity for everyone and cohesiveness, it's not part of that scenario. That's not what they push. They need to tear down the current system so they can replace it. So what that entails is exactly what you see happening right now. It's not going to get better unless you make it better. Evil does not retreat willingly. It has to be beaten back. It's an unfortunate turn of events, and it's something 
that um, has happened time and time again throughout history. You have to reclaim the thing that you love, the thing that feeds you and your family, that keeps you safe. You have to adhere to a set of principles and standards that worked, something you knew worked, our Constitution, our Bill of Rights. They work. They work until lawmakers, judges, and district attorneys stop doing their jobs. And they stop holding people accountable and responsible for their actions. And like I said, I'm saying this as someone who's been convicted. I'm saying this as someone who spent time in those facilities. I'm not saying this lightly. I'm saying this as someone who's been through it. And I'm telling you, you have to hold people accountable or it's not going to get better. Because once they have that, that sense of um, invincibility, like I'm, I can do anything I want because, look, these people are seeing me as a victim or something, and I'm not going to get charged. They're going to go easy on me even if I do. So let's just go hard and, and, and run out here and run amok. Because look, after, look what happens after we burn things down and steal from people and loot and rob and riot. The senator and mayor come out and say, don't talk bad about us. So we must be doing something good. They are standing with us in solidarity because they're not condemning what we're doing. So you embolden them. You put batteries in the backs of people that run out in the street and hurt your citizens that you're sworn to protect. You should all resign. You shouldn't even resign. You should be thrown out by your people. Remember the scenes and show in the movies of people with pitchforks and all that outside? That's where they should be outside of City Hall in Chicago. That's the scene that should be playing out. The citizens, the taxpayers, the people that are there in those communities that run businesses, that pay the salaries of those elected officials. They're not protected. No one stands up for them. The police are too afraid to do their jobs. Because what? They're going to get sued. They don't have qualified immunity. They've defunded them. They've taken away. Man, look, it, it's, it's ridiculous, the stuff that's happening right now. And it's, and it's not going to get better on its own. You're going to have to make it better. You're not going to rely on the same lawmakers that won't protect you to do it either. You are going to have to hold your elected officials accountable. You're going to have to make more noise than the rioters. You're going to have to go to those places and you're going to have to protest night and day. You're going to have to hold their feet to the fire. You're going to may have to make sure your voices are heard and your faces are seen. And that's that. If you don't, you're not going to get the kind of national attention you need. And what you have just seen happen, you're going to see happen again. Because look at how they handled it. They essentially said it's okay. We're not mad at you. Don't worry. Don't talk bad about them. It's because there's not enough opportunity. And come on. People are, these people are sadistic. And, and they, nobody should be, and anyone that irresponsible shouldn't be, I mean, let alone be able to, uh, you shouldn't even be able to have children at home. 
if this is what you think and this is how you take care of people and this is how you view the world, how in the hell can you be responsible for any other life? That's how serious I take it. How can you be responsible when you to, to run a city, to run a state, to be in that position and you can't even stand up for your law-abiding citizens who were victimized by a mob, but instead you sit there and find excuses for the mob? Wouldn't be no three strikes with me. It'd be one. Well, I digress. Yeah, it went down that rabbit hole for a second. Back to East Palestine and what's going on there. So we had, like I said, there were several people who got sick. Right? They got sick, and, and they're burning this material, turning it, turning it into phosgene. Five of them ended up dead. All right. So they, this is this is the their cuckoo. They knew not to burn it. They placed these guys in danger doing it, and they did it, and these are the repercussions. Now, there are plenty of people that are sick in East Palestine, plenty of pets and wildlife that had passed away and found dead all over the place. Like I said, fish all in, all in the rivers, uh, you know, dogs, cattle, cats. I mean, they're, they're, just look online, folks. Just look online. You know, I'm sure you can find for yourself all the evidence of the things that I'm telling you right now. And um, and I, I don't know, and they don't know, or at least they, they may know, but they won't tell us how long this is going to be an issue. But let's talk a little bit about the why, right? And before I do, let's preface it with this. There's a movie. That came out. I'm not going to say the name of the movie. But the movie came out right before this happened. A movie about a train in Ohio. Train crashing. Chemical spill. And it, and then it happened. I've said it before in previous podcasts. But there, there are no coincidences, people. <laughs> there are no coincidences. So another stirt. Astute, sorry, researcher who has a podcast I told you about called Squirrel Tribe. Now, Squirrel Tribe has been asking similar questions. Now, she lives in the area and she's done her own research and she's looked at uh, the links to cobalt and gold rush and having found a research paper from Pennsylvania State University targeting Western Pennsylvania and the adjacent Ohio border of that area for cobalt extraction. It seems that an old abandoned coal mine. Uh, are the source for potential uh, cobalt and lithium in that area. And the New York Times is a quest for cobalt, uh, and they're cited in their writings, which is essential for the electric car batteries have fueled the cycle or the exploitation and greed and gamesmanship of that particular element. Now, it seems that they think that that element is rich in those areas. So... Who thinks that? And how does that play into what happened? That's the question. Well, according to energy.gov, on April 4th, 2023, across the country, there are billions uh, of tons of coal that are in waste and ash and mine tailings 
and acid mine drainage and discharge into the water and these waste streams from this form of energy in, in mining. Uh, it's related to activities that contain a wide variety of valuable and rare earth elements and other critical uh, minerals that can be produced and used to build clean energy technology. Now, that podcaster that I talked about on Squirrel Tribe, she talked about this, and she talked about the $450 million they made available for solar farming and clean energy projects that she cites the current uh, that she cites uh, for the for, uh, the current and former coal mines and operations in that area that they had offered. So she's looking into this and she finds that that there was a filing for eminent domain in that area. And many of you may ask yourself what eminent domain is. Eminent domain, and just in layman's terms, if an area, piece of property, can be shown to be more useful and derive more tax dollars, which is more beneficial to that area, then what can happen is they can force you off your land and give you fair market value for your home and your property. Now, this is essentially what she's saying took place. But let's go through the whole thing. Mining the areas in the Appalachia and other parts of the country have long had the infrastructure, workforce, and expertise in the can-do attitude to produce energy. The Energy Secretary, Jennifer Granham, told reporters on Monday, rare earth elements and other earth minerals are key parts of batteries for electric vehicles, cell phones, and other technologies. The Bidens have made... Uh, a big deal of boosting domestic mining as a priority of the U.S. to seek the to uh, to seek these minerals and the decrease of what uh, they're what they're trying to do by getting rid of oil. So they're trying to increase the production of these cobalt and lithium mines to get more of this material. Anyone who's done any type of research into this material can look at the material and see that. What they do is, oh, I'm going to take this one here. No, I'm not. <laughs> They're going to see two things, right? Most of these people mine these in, in other countries with their bare hands, little kids. I mean, little kids, like five, six, seven years old, bare hands, thousands Thousands of them out there, barehanded, touching this material and, and, and just digging it out of the dirt. Now, man, this is, I've seen the videos and they're disturbing. They are disturbing. And this is, this is the basis for our cell phones, for all the materials and all the things that we enjoy in the civilized world. Take a look at where they get this stuff from. So all of the pretense of, Oh, we're trying to save the environment, and we're we're <laughs> take a look at these kids that have to mine this material. Take a look at how they have to mine the material. Take a look at the health concerns that come along with mining this material, and in the conditions in which they do it, and and the rate of pay. And then you tell me that that you're a better human being because you want to go to electric vehicles. 
you're a hypocrite. If you really believe that, you're a hypocrite. The benefits of uh, of gas and petroleum far outweigh that of EVs. Environmentally, healthy, health-wise, and so forth. There's no, and if you want to get even better than that, if you really want to save the environment, you go nuclear. It's better for the environment. You get more energy. It's cleaner. Now, you have to worry about such catastrophes as what happened on, you know, Chernobyl, Three Mile Island, Fukushima, and others. But I would think by this stage of the game that we would find ways and put practices in place to prevent things like that from happening. So one would think, right? But, so, you know, they, they want to boost this, boost these materials, find these materials and boost the mining of these as soon and as much as possible. Because what did they do? They cut their nose off to spite their face and said, by 2035, we're not making any more internal internal combustion engines. What? You don't even have a, an infrastructure in place for everyone to be 100% EV. The batteries weigh half as much as the car. Where do you put the waste from these batteries? They they degrade, they erode, and, and they're toxic. And there's you're trading one problem for another. Trading one issue for another. The answer is simple. You'd never put all your eggs in one basket. You diversify. You allow different forms of energy to coexist. And you give us the choice. That's how the free market works. That's how it's always worked. In November of 2021, Scientific American published an article, Chip Shortage Threatened Biden's Electric Vehicle Plans, quoting Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo, who said, the average electric vehicle has about 2,000 chips, roughly double that of the average double that of the average chip in the non-electric car. She told reporters that the Bidens plan uh, for half of the new vehicles to be electric by the year 2030, and that depends on the U.S. investing in the semiconductor production. And you look at that energy sector, semiconductors coming from China, and you look at the energy sector in China, and you look at this company called CFCC. Hmm. Who owns CFCC? Who gets who's who has stock in that company? Who 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 benefits? Guess who? Mr. Biden. His son, Hunter Biden, can be heard on the recording getting office keys for him, his Uncle Joe, I mean his his Uncle Jim and his father Joe and, and as well as this energy official from China from this energy company, CFCC, from which they all are a part. This is why they received money from China. Who else with this uh, uh, Rob Wilson LLC that sent the money, the millions, to uh, Biden's two months after Joe was out of office as a vice president? And, he, and, his, and his family, even Haley, got paid out 
you know, everyone got this money and like, why? Why? What did you do for that? And that was only money out of one account. Now there are 12 more and the 150 SAR report. So you can see all of this. If you start looking, you'll notice that all of this is connected. It's, it's string theory, right? Everything's connected. It's all connected. When you start looking at East Palestine, like, how does that work with China? COCC? They're not going to. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. The intention behind them makes certain people rich. And those certain people happen to be your president. They happen to be your president. He does not give a damn about you or me. He cares about his bottom line. He doesn't care about keeping the country safe or making us prosperous. Just look at the country. If he really cared about making this country safe or making it prosperous, he would make decisions that would cause those things to happen. But all too often, his decisions only make other countries prosperous and other countries safe. And all too often steps in it by saying something that he shouldn't or maybe saying a little too much like he did on the Nordstrom Pipeline. This is um, this is a problem. Like I said before, we have a year and a half of this guy left in there. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of what he's going to do on the way out. I know one thing. If we do end up pushing charges on Hunter, and we should, and Joe himself, once we get done conducting this investigation where we have all these SAR reports and we take a look at these new whistleblowers, and there's a new whistleblower, and it's the stenographer, and he's telling the tale, and he's telling you, Joe committed some crimes. He's saying, I know he did because I have the date. I'm the guy who keeps the records. I'm the guy who writes everything down. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be real interesting. But the problem is, is that Joe knows this too. He knows what information is out there on him. He knows what laws he broke. And he knows his time is limited. His, his time's numbered. And, and the thing is, is that you have to play this one correctly. Right? Here's the guy with the nuclear codes who can't even remember what day it is. His own people didn't even want him to have them sold. <laughs> His own people said, okay, and, and before Joe can use nuclear codes, he needs to have this person say, okay, and that person say, like, immediately. Like, they didn't even trust him. Nancy Pelosi did that. So they knew. They knew. They knew. And they can pretend that, you know, that, that they're on his team and yay, Joe, and all that. But they, they were scared, too. They were scared, too. And uh, so with, with, with all that said about East Palestine and them, them considering the fact that there was an eminent domain claim put on the area, they do believe cobalt and lithium could be mined in the area. The only thing left to do at that point is depopulate the area. Well, this is the theory, right? So a train crashes. Chemicals spill, chemicals that come with a specific warning. Do not burn this particular chemical. They test the inside of these trains, and they test the soot, and they test all these things. 
They withhold their findings and they burn it. They burn it and then Pete Buttigieg ignores the area, ignores the question, plays down the severity of the issue, doesn't go to visit it. Meanwhile, our president goes over to Ukraine and visits them while this is going on. He doesn't care about those people. They voted for Trump. I mean, look what happened when Kamala Harris went to Tennessee. She didn't even go see uh, the parents or the school, the people that, that, that were attacked, the victims of a crazed transgender homicidal maniac who targeted Christians and kids. But she didn't have time to do that. Only she had time to do go down there and do is uh, pander to people who uh, uh, that she was using race to 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 project her image and you know that that sort of pandering and that sort of incitement should be below somebody that gets to the level of vice president or president. You would think when you by the time you reach that level of politics that. You would want to use, cement your place in history, right? You're going in the history books. You're going to have a legacy. You're going to leave behind something and, and, and an opinion of you that's going to go down and be taught in schools, you know, it, you know, to, it, for the foreseeable future, as long as there are schools here. You would think that you would want to be the next George Washington or Abraham Lincoln or Thomas Jefferson. You would want to leave a legacy behind. You would want to leave something behind that would make people talk about you like a forefather. Talk about something that you've done to unite us or build us up or make us prosperous or bring peace. These people are divisive. They're liars. And they don't care about you or me. They care about their agenda. And they care about whether or not they get reelected. They care about power. And they care about their bottom line. Their pocketbook. That's what they care about. And it doesn't take a genius to see that. It does not take a genius to see that. Now, they they wanted they wanted you and I to believe something completely different. They wanted you and I to believe that this wasn't a big deal. Don't look here. And and they constantly do that. They constantly try to draw our attention away from the things that really matter. When the SAR reports were given to Comer, and they did that investigation, and they found out that the Bidens received all that money, the, that same exact, like the 24 hours later, they started talking about uh, indicting Trump. And now Bragg is mad that he's getting investigated and doesn't understand why he's being investigated. Well, he understands fully why he's being investigated. When you have actual violent felonies and people in your uh, city that are being attacked and murdered and you don't pursue the, uh, the uh, perpetrator in those crimes, but you pursue a misdemeanor that is beyond the statute of limitations and then you bootstrap it to a campaign violation, finance violation, 
to try to turn it into something that it's not in an attempt to pursue an agenda to get your name out in the national, you know, in the national scene. What are you doing? Do your job. You're not even a federal prosecutor. They they don't want people like me talking. They do not want the average citizen knowing the things that we're talking about. Did you know that CNN and any of the left wing, or most, all news organizations are, most all, none of them reported on what happened in Chicago. They didn't. They didn't. If you turned on Fox News, you saw it. Newsmax, you saw it. OANN, you saw it. Hell, even Sky News, which isn't even an American news station, they, they showed it. But not CNN. Not ABC, not NBC, not CBS. They didn't show these things. Zero minutes of coverage because it did not suit their agenda. They didn't want to report on anything that made them look bad. And this is the problem with this kind of divisiveness. It causes people to pick and choose what they report on because of their agenda. So at that point, they're derelict in their duties. They're not, they're irresponsible, and they need to be replaced. And it gonna, it's going to take citizen journalists, it's going to take us, people. It's going to take us taken to social media, which is why they try to censor it. It's going to take us take it to the internet, posting things ourselves, putting the news out there that we see ourselves and not buying into this line of crock that they try to sell us on TV. We know what's going on. We know very well what's going on. The things that we report on, we check and we double check. We read, we get the backstory. We can full well sit there and, and come to our own conclusions and, and come up with our own opinions as far as to why these things happen. But what the real, you know, if you ever want to get entertained, read a story one time. Go on the Internet, do your research on that story, and then go look that same story up on CNN and listen to the way that they uh, conclude their thoughts on that story. Let them tell you what they think from their point of view for that same story. It'll frustrate you to no end. These people don't tell the truth. They tell a poignant truth. I'll give you an example. Don Lemon just recently did an interview with Vivek. Uh, forget his last name. It's hard to pronounce. So the guy's running for office, and he goes on to CNN. And he's interviewing, and Don Lemon is there, and they're talking about the NRA. And Vivek, which is Guy's first name, goes on and tells him the history of the NRA and about how what they did was, uh, while they were formed, was they helped uh, black gun owners after the Civil War uh, maintain their gun rights. And Don Lemon, because he had no answer, he had no real answer 
because what the guy said was just too in your face true. And he can't, they, they can't debate on the issues. So what they do is they attack the individual. You know, come at me with some truth and I'll tear you down because I can't talk to you about the issue. So I have to talk bad about you directly because I don't know anything else. I think you got me beat. It's like when the, the leftists call you a racist. You know, it's, you, you, you won the argument. That's literally what that means. You won the argument because you have spoken some sort of truth that in turn they have no answer for. So they attack you. Well, that's what he did. He attacked this man. And he told him because he was not black that he has no right to speak on these issues. Identity politics. The truth is the same coming out of your mouth as it is mine. The truth is all that matters. Not your identity, not what color you are, not where you're from, not what your religion is, not any of those things. The truth. The truth is all anyone should be judged by. And if someone shuts you down when you're telling the truth, and you see what they're doing, be smart enough to realize two things. One, don't cast your pearls before swine. Don't tell people things that you know how they're going to react just to get the reaction and just to argue. That's, that's dumb. Don't do that. Stay, stay away from those types of things. If you have someone who's willing to have an open discussion with you, even though you know you disagree, I think those things can be helpful. I think dialogue um, is always helpful. You know, it... it, it do it like that. And, and two, when you're talking to someone, do not react to what they said. That's their intention is to get you to react. Instead, respond to what they say with clear, concise answers that are true. And watch. Watch them have a meltdown. Because they cannot and will not sit there and have these discussions with you on the issues. They won't do it. They can't do it because they'll lose 100 out of 100 times. So, guys, as always, I have fun whenever I do this. And uh, if you like what you heard, guys, give us a subscribe. Come check us out. We do this daily now. So I'm going to be on here daily doing this. And you'll at times catch Preacher here and other times Carl, um, usually on the weekend editions of the Patriots Prayer. But uh, now that I'm over this, <laughs> I thought I had COVID because I, I couldn't smell. I still can't smell anything. I, I can't smell a thing. Uh, but it's bronchitis. So and you've checked several times. See if I had Novid <laughs> and uh, just bronchitis and uh, was a still getting over it, but um, I'm back to uh, feeling up to doing this. And then that's what we're going to do daily, guys. So um, I will search the headlines daily. I will always tell you what I really think and what I find in the truth of any situation. Come check us out on Facebook, True Social, Twitter. We're everywhere, guys, and uh, we need you. So we definitely need you. Come check us out at thepatriotsprayer.com. 
and check us out at youronestopgiftshop.com and support us there. I have the biggest selection that I can find there, always adding things every day. Shipping is always free. So until next time, guys, as a silent majority out there, you guys need to stop being silent and stand your ground. See you next time on the Patriots Prayer.